If you have your Bibles for a few moments tonight, the book of Psalms chapter 11. Psalms, the 11th chapter. I wish that I had the mind to understand what I need to preach tonight. I hope that God will anoint me to do that. Psalms chapter 11. It begins like this. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. Everybody say, to the chief musician. This wasn't a Wednesday night song. This was a Sunday night song. A psalm of David. In the Lord put I my trust. How say you to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the stream that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone and and horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. A question is posed in verse number 3, that if the foundations be destroyed what it doesn't say what shall the righteous do or what could it says what can the righteous do I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight about faith's answer to fear's question and everybody said amen God bless you you may be seated If there is any psalm that parallels the day in which we live, I truly believe that the 11th psalm is just such a song. Most historians believe that it was written by David when he was fleeing from Saul during a very tumultuous time in his life. There are others who feel that it was written during the time of Absalom's rebellion. And it was a time, again, of great upheaval in the life of David. Whatever might be the case, it is obvious that the environment of the psalm is stormy. And the singer is a soul that is in difficulty. The times in which he lived were fearful. There were malicious foes that had beset him. There were assaults that were coming from every quarter. He was being assaulted by suspicion. He was being assaulted by fear. And there are certainly perplexities that troubled his mind. 
fear and faith were in conflict. Many plausible reasons were given to suggest that he give up the fight, that he was in no way capable of maneuvering his way out because the outlook was discouraging. The voice of sense spoke to the soul and said, run, hide, get away. The suggestion was made that he should flee. Self-preservation was the thought of the hour. The suggestion may have ruffled his feelings, but it didn't daunt his faith. And the psalmist goes on to express the mortal fear, I think, of all people. And that is that he lived in an hour when the foundations were not just being shaken, but they were being removed. Everybody say removed. They were being taken out of the way. If the foundations be destroyed, that was the question. Foundational issues are what we are battling over tonight in the world in which we live. Everything that is right and appropriate and everything that is moral and clean is being assaulted on every side. And the foundational issues that have made us a great country are being undermined even at this very moment. The foundational issues of our spiritual life are put in question every day. And when the foundation is attacked and assailed, there are many people who would despair. And there was suggested to the psalmist in such an hour, what can the righteous do? Is there anything that we can do in such shaky times? The question that needs to be answered tonight is how shall we live in this present evil world? And the psalmist, unlike those who suggested he should run, was of a different mindset. Somewhere in the midst of the chaos of the hour, There was the voice of the soul that spoke to the senses and said, No, I will not run, but I will stand. You see, if our lot is cast in a time when truth is slighted and set aside, and we live in such an hour, when the Bible is mishandled and unwisely criticized, And treated as just another book. And when human reason is elevated and allowed to triumph. And faith is mocked and undermined. When morality is lowered to the level of the gutter. What can the righteous do? I believe the psalmist made it very clear. That there is a faith answer to fear's question. We do not have to cower in a corner, and as the old song said, hold the fort, for I am coming. I am not of the opinion that the church should withdraw and come within these four walls, but I am of the opinion tonight that this is our greatest hour, and however dark may be the night, it will only make your light shine that much brighter. 
And so in this present evil world, I have come to tell you that there are three things that we must do without fear and without doubt. We must first of all be aware and beware of letting the temporary triumph over the eternal. Because what you see right now is just temporary. This earth, the Bible said, is going to melt with a fervent heat. Everything that is in this world is going to be consumed in a moment of time. What you and I see tonight with our natural eye may not be very attractive and it may not be very appealing. But I am here to tell you that there's something beyond the scene. There is an eternal world and there is an eternal God who is still working and is still very much in control. And I refuse to let a temporary issue triumph over the eternal truth that I know that he sits upon the throne and he sits upon the circle of the earth and he rules in the affairs of men. What appears to be is not all there is and we can be intimidated or we can be inspired. I choose tonight to be inspired. I do believe this is our greatest hour. I read in the Old Testament that when Israel was in Egypt and the Egyptians thought to do them wrong and silence their voice, that the more they persecuted them, the more they grew. That the more adversity that came against them, the more they multiplied. I believe it has always been the plan of God for His church to grow amid troubling circumstances. Because why would a world need a church if there weren't troubles and problems and heartaches and sin and evil? I am not intimidated by that tonight in the least. I am challenged. I am challenged to know that right now is the greatest opportunity for you and I to let our light shine and let the world know that in spite of what is seen with the eye there's an eternal God that's still in control and if you will lift your eyes a little higher and get it above a government and get it above a political party and get it above the rulers of this world you will see that God is still on the throne. Amen. I believe there are many people who are being overwhelmed by temporary issues and they're letting temporary issues become permanent solutions. I don't want to make that mistake because what I see tonight is not all there is to it. It may appear at this moment that evil is triumphing But I promise you that the end of the story has not been written yet. There will come a day when he will separate the sheep from the goats. He will separate the wheat from the tare. And he will cast one into eternal darkness. And he will call the other to eternal happiness. And I plan to be among those that are called to that better world. And I know tonight that in spite of what world governments do, I don't care what happens to the price of oil or China or sugar or any other commodity on the face of the earth. 
those things are not what determine my eternal destiny. I am here to tell you tonight the reason I worship him is because he's still on the throne and he still is in control. And I refuse to be intimidated by the evil of the hour in which I live. I am inspired. I am thrilled tonight to know that God would trust us to put us in this world for such a time as this. Amen. The whole story begins, these were the best of times. These were the worst of times. So it is even for us. They are the worst of times, but they are also the best of times. I like what was written of those. They did the best in the worst of times. I believe as a church we need to get over being afraid and intimidated. I don't care if they outlaw everything about Christianity that can be outlawed. You cannot silence the witness of God's people. China can't do it. No other government can't do it. The school system can't do it. You know, it's amazing that when some catastrophic thing happens, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is a prayer or something else that they banned. I'm here to tell you that they cannot silence your witness. All you've got to do is just go through the school, go through your work, and be an example and be a light. And somebody is going to see and know know that there's still a God to be served. Amen. We must be aware and we must beware of letting the temporary triumph over the eternal. Number two, we need to remember God's authority overrules man's. I don't care what governments do. I don't care what they approve. I've said this before. I don't care if they, if they permit whatever they permit. I, I want to be careful what I say in a mixed audience, but they, they can make it legal to do anything you want to do. But I'm here to tell you that in the end, it is going to be God's authority that is going to overrule man's decision. And so tonight, I have made up my mind that I want to live by the authority of His Word. I want to live by the authority of His book. And I want to live by the rules that He has set within those books that I might be blessed and that I might enjoy eternity with Him forever. I am here to remind you tonight that God's presence is more powerful than the presence of sin. That grace is much greater than sin. As a matter of fact, Paul said where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Amen. That tells me that we live in an hour of great revival because sin abounds tonight. Sin is on the increase. Hell is in an enlargement tonight. But in in spite of sin abounding, there is a grace that will much more abound. I am here tonight to remind you that God's knowledge is greater than man's. God sees the end from the beginning. 
That's right. He's, we, we look from this way, that way. God sees from there to here. He already knows how the story is going to end. I think I would rather trust somebody that knows the end rather than someone who surmises what the end might be. The truth is no government in this world right now knows what's going to happen tomorrow. They don't know what's going to happen in the many conflicts of our world. But God knows. And he knows how it's all going to wrap up. So my faith is in him. It is not in what man might say or what man might contrive. The knowledge of God is greater than that of man. And so I choose to live by the knowledge that God gives to his people. Amen. The third thing that I've come to remind you of is that we must remember that the end is in his hands not in the rulers of this world. Amen. The end is in his hands. I'm telling you tonight that China is not going to determine the end of the world. Russia is not going to determine the end of the world. ISIS is not going to determine the end of the world. Afghanistan is not going to determine the end of the world. The common market of Europe is not going to determine the end of the world. God is the one that has his hand on that. God is the one who is in control of that. And so tonight I choose to keep my hand in the hand of the one who rules the water. I choose to keep my hand in the hand of the one who rules the world. Amen. He will take care of his people. David said once I was young, but now I am old. But I have never. I have never. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Amen, amen. I came across a scripture this past week that just inspired me, and I I wanted to preach about it so badly, but I don't know that I can. But in Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible says in verse number 5, he said, let your conversation be without covetousness, And be content with such things as you have. For he hath said. Who hath said? God hath said. He. You need to pay attention to what God says. Amen. Some people are more. They they put their stock in what uh, the market's going to do. Or what Payne Weber is saying. Or what Stanley Morgan. I'm not against any of that. They're wise people and they study All kind of things. But I think I would rather put my faith in the one who knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And he said, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Everybody say, I will never leave thee. You see, the trouble with English is it cannot comprehend the depth of the Greek language. And that verse in the Greek does not read like that. It doesn't say, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. It says, I will never, never leave thee. No, never, never, never forsake thee. Five nevers. God said, I just want you to know, I will never, 
never, never, never, never, never leave you. I will never, 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 never forsake you. I will go with you to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. Remember that the end of the world is in his hands. Not the crazed ruler of a third world that's whacked out on cocaine. Amen. Not even the drug cartel. His hands hold the key. It is not chance or arbitrary rule that's going to settle all of this. But the will of an almighty God. And it's coming to pass, folks. I believe we are living, I don't know of any prophecy that has to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church to take place. And I'm not a great prophecy person, but I don't, what, what I, I do know, what little that I know, there's not one thing that I see in Scripture that would prevent him from coming after his church. Whatever it is, maybe it's just seeing the people that are on the fringes and giving them a little more time. Or maybe it's that last harvest that he's wanting the church, this church, to rise up and harvest. Maybe it's that last going into the field. Maybe it is that last thrust before the hours are gone. Maybe he's waiting for us to understand that this is our finest hour. We don't need to be intimidated or afraid. We need to get on our feet and be bold as a lion. We need to stand in the face of adversity and say, you know what? There is something that I can do. There is something when the foundations are being destroyed that I can do. And this is what I've come to tell you in conclusion. Here is what we can do in this last hour. Number one, we can trust in Him. You say, Brother Hughes, that I don't understand that. You just need to lean on it for a little while until you get an understanding on it. I can trust in Him. I put trust in my bonds and they let me down. I put trust in the stock market and it failed me. It lost so much money the other day that it made my head swim. And they got to talking about all the money that's been lost and how many years it took for them to regain what they lost in that one day of the market. It made me glad I didn't have a lot in the stock market. Uh, Amen. I'm sorry. If you had a lot in the stock market, please forgive me. I'm not saying that's unwise. I think you should be wise stewards of what God's given you. But you hear me tonight. My trust is not in what the Dow Jones Stock Exchange is going to do. My stock is not in what Obamacare is going to provide for me. It is not in what any other president that might come along can promise. God forbid that we would have somebody like Trump up there. But even if Trump goes to the White House, I'm here to tell you there's somebody that will trump Trump. And that is the almighty God that I serve tonight. And I don't care who sits on that seat. There's one that sits above the circle of the earth. And he's the one that I'm counting on. He's the one that I'm depending on. He's the one that I am sold out to. And he's the one that I am putting my trust in tonight. 
Amen. This is what we can do. We can trust Him. Number two, we can stand. Everybody say we can stand. We can stand and not flee. We don't need to cower down and hide. We need to let that light shine. We need to put it up on the hill so that the whole world can see. Stand by the right and stand for what is right. I don't care what kind of persecution might come. There is something within the soul of the church that is built to withstand whatever the enemy might throw against us. The ships that are built to go out to the sea are not made for calm waters. They are made for stormy seas. They are made to survive whatever might come against them. And when God built the church, He had so much confidence in it. He said, I will build my church not in the best neighborhood. I'm not going to build it over in Westheimer or River Oaks. He said, I'm going to build my church next door to the gates of hell. And I'm here to tell you that hell shall not prevail against the church. I am here to tell you tonight that in the hour when people don't know right from wrong and they call wrong right and right wrong, there needs to be a godly people who will stand up and say, I know what's right. I know where to find what is right. I know how to live what is right. I know how to be right. Amen. Amen. The third thing that we can do is that we can still worship because He is in His holy temple is what the psalmist said. Amen. He is in His holy temple. We can have faith because He still sits upon the throne. And we can live righteously because that's what He loves is righteously living. Amen. What do you mean? I mean just living right. Doing what's right. Living by a higher law than the least that you can do. You can live right. And number six, you can stick with what you know rather than sell out for what is unknown. This works, folks. It works. Faith works. I could stand people up in this building tonight, many of our elders, that would witness and testify to you that faith works. There's an elder that sits there. I have the greatest respect for my father-in-law, not because he is my father-in-law, but because of the years that I have known him, he has proven that the life of faith will work for you. And that if you live by the law of God, the law of God will bless you and it will increase you. He is the oldest living member of his family. He has outlived all of his brothers. All of his family died at much younger ages. The only thing that I can say to attribute to his longevity is that a long time ago at an altar he made some things right with the almighty
Almighty God. And he said, you know what? I'm going to live the rest of my life by those right things. Brother and Sister Casey, when I look back at you, my mind goes back many years to the first time that I ever met you at Life Tabernacle. And from that time till now, I have never seen them waver. Though they have been through adversity and trial, they have proven to me that you can live for God in a present evil world. And God will bless you for that. He will multiply your life for that. He will increase your life for that. What we need to do tonight is make up our mind who we are. I am not a child of this world. I am a child of God. And when people ask me, what can I do? I'm going to tell them what I can do. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to do and stand for what is right. I'm going to keep worshiping. As a matter of fact, if you think I'm crazy now, you might hang around a few hours or a few weeks because it might get even crazier before this thing wraps up. But I've made up my mind. God has been too good to me for me not to give Him what He deserves. And I believe that God is pleased when we worship Him the way we have worshipped Him tonight. There's a lot of folks that are selling out. They're selling expensive things for a cheap price. I was sickened the other day to see some things that just... I told my wife, I, I said, I, I need to go. I'm getting sick. I, I literally was getting sick at, at what I saw. People who had sold out priceless things for temporal pleasure or temporal enticements. I'm here to tell you tonight that whatever sacrifice you make in living for God is going to pay off in the end. Amen. It's going to pay off in the end. And I believe that there will be a day when you will look back and you're going to realize that every tear, every heartache, every commitment, every trial was worth every minute. Amen. The Lord sits upon the throne and He rules. What can we do? We can do the best we can in the worst of times. We can stand by the best in the worst of times. We can live the best in the worst of times. We can be the worshipers that he deserves. And we can be the people of his name. That in the end there was a light. At evening time there shall be light. That verse thrills me tonight to know that in the darkest of hours, God's going to have a light that's going to shine throughout the world. Amen. Stand to your feet and let's give Him praise right now. That in this present evil world, there are things that we can do. We can do. We, we can live righteously and soberly and godly in this present evil world. Amen.